let me tell you, you do not know how cool this is because you don't know what's about to come after. But even the song Myra just sang to us about the name of Jesus, how it fits with what Jody's going to share with us in a few minutes, oh my word. I mean, Myra started singing that song and I was like, mind blown. You know the Holy Spirit is active and present when the person who's planning the worship doesn't know exactly what's going to be said in the sermon time, and things just fit together perfectly. So I am so glad that you are present here today to hear Jody's story. But we've got scripture as well, and I want you to open up there first to Psalm 91. Psalm 91 will be our key verse, uh, or we'll read today, and then we've got a couple other scriptures that are on your outline as well. But we're going to read Psalm 91 together uh, as we think about this. Now, do things idea of sermons, if you haven't been with us, is an idea for us to do a few things, to see how Scripture coincides with life and how it impacts and supports us and carries us through the most difficult times of our life. And we started back uh, two weeks ago with Lanny Hegberg about God being with us through the hardest times. And Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14 was her scripture. And that's actually what I want to read first, Chris, because we're going to do our scripture memory verse of the month. Sorry. Uh, Chris is quick on the draw back there. And so I want us to say that together, all right? Let's do it. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. So that was from Laney's story. And then last week you heard from Kathy Bateman that I can do all things through Christ even forgive and her forgiveness story. And I know that was impactful for me as I trust it was for you. And if you weren't here for either of those, you can go to our website and podcast and read those or hook us up on iTunes as well. Now, next week, you're going to hear from Brother Mark Pomeroy. And Mark's scripture, uh, the main one, and I know he knows many, is uh, Romans 8, 26 through 29, that God works all things together for good. And I know you won't want to be miss that, but this week, we'll hear from Jody and the ideas included in Psalm 91 and a few other scriptures. I want to ask you to stand with me in the honor of reading God's word as we do read together Psalm 91. And we'll read the entire chapter, though Jody's story will focus in on a few of those verses. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with the feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrows that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent because he loves me, 
says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He calls upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's pray together. God, our Father, we are so encouraged, inspired, and uplifted by Psalm 91 alone. And we know that it is your word and these poetic words that the psalmist wrote were to convey to us what you want us to know, that you're with us no matter what happens, that you're going to carry us through. And especially those who call on you, who have a relationship with you, you care for them to lead them through the most difficult times in life. So, Father, as we open your word today, as Jody shares her story today, would you speak to us by your spirit that we would be encouraged and emboldened, that we would have new faith and new strength, that we would be given perseverance and persistence and endurance. Whatever our need is, Father, would you do that within us as we hear from you today. We pray it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Well, friends, I'll invite you to be seated as I invite Jody to join us. And is Kurt coming as well or is he staying? He's staying, being dad. Okay, that's all right. So we'll get you up here. Welcome Jody Stauffer with me, friends. Um, so Jody, we just got to acknowledge uh, this isn't something you do all the time, right? You can share. Yeah, and for most of us, this is a bit of a whoo, uh, moment, and I want you to know that Jody and I have shared some conversations, and she's done a lot of praying, and uh, I have prayed for her and with her and Kurt as well, and um, you know, this is a different sort of sermon, but it's good, and it's for a purpose, and we're glad that you are here. And so as we consider where we're at, I've just got to tell you uh, our first point on your outline this morning. And that is that God is with us through the darkness, through darkness. God is with me through darkness. Now, let me tell you what I mean there. There's no indelicate way to say this and the things in which she's about to tell you. But to make clear and acknowledge honestly that demonic forces are still at work in our world and times today. We don't see them very often, or maybe we don't acknowledge them very often. And for some of you, it may be that you have never dealt with anything demonic in your life. And if that is the case, God bless you, and I'm thankful for that. But for others of you, you have experienced, either personally or through someone you've known, something of a demonic nature, and you know that it's real. And so... When Kurt and Jody and I talked about how to handle this, I said, we've just got to acknowledge it, but be careful not to uh, tell the stories in too deep of a way where it becomes salacious or sensational, but to say that these things are real and acknowledge that Scripture gives us power over these type of demonic forces because God is God and He is sovereign. And when we call on the name of Jesus, there is power and strength in that name. You might want to write down Ephesians 6.12. Ephesians 6.12 tells us, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the heavenly realms. That is acknowledging different types of demonic hierarchy and beings. 
It's not just poetic language there. It is language that is real and didactic. And it's to say to us that you need to be aware of these things. But if you read the rest of Ephesians 6, Paul gives clear instructions on how to battle and how to stand against those sort of demonic forces. And I think Jody will share some of those things as well. But your scripture that we started with there is Psalm 91. And Psalm 91 is really the scripture that uh, forms the beginning of her story. So I've set things up for her as nice as I can for her to talk to you and tell you her story. So Jody, uh, welcome and uh, tell us what God has done through you. All right. Well, to set this all up, I should let you know that um, I was kind of a child of fear. Um, when I was little, I feared darkness. I feared rejection. And the seeds of fear of illness were planted in me at a very young age. I had two relatives, two children who got very sick. One of them died. And so for me, it was normal for children to get sick and to maybe even pass away. And um, there were several key adults around me who were also fearful. So again, it just became my normal. Um, so you fast forward to the year 2012, and God decided that he was going to rid me of my fear because I had asked him, Lord, refine me, make me like you. And uh, so Brianne was two, and Janae was about four months old, and Brianne was sick a lot. And so this fear of sickness, illness, was just constant on me. Um, and on top of that, we were having uh, problems with a group of people that we were very close to. So there was a lot of stress there, too. I'm sleep-deprived because my children are sick. And at this time, also, um, I began having nightmares, just terrible nightmares. I would wake up frozen in fear. I couldn't talk. I couldn't move. I was paralyzed. Um, my mind would be screaming, Jesus, 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 but I couldn't speak it. Um, and then other things, strange things began happening in our home that can only be attributed to the demonic realm. And um, we knew that it was this because after every episode, we would be frozen in fear. There was just, it was a darkness and an evil that was, you could almost touch it. It felt just dark. And um, when I was a little girl, I had kind of had an experience with the demonic. And my mom had said, Jody, whenever you feel afraid, the name of Jesus is the most powerful name on earth. And Darkness has to flee at the name of Jesus, and it does. Amen. It's powerful. Um, there's, there's a sermon there on that one. <laughs> but the other key was in the daylight when the darkness was gone, hardly ever attacked in the daytime. But in the, in the daytime, I was searching the scriptures. I was getting in God's word, and I was... I was memorizing scripture because it's, it's a good thing to say the name of Jesus and to say you must flee in the name of Jesus, but it's better to throw arrows of scripture at it. They're retreating backs. Amen. And um, just kind of becoming a warrior. Um, the other thing that you can't defeat Satan unless you know who you are in Christ. 
And I had to learn that. I had to, I had to learn that I am a child of God. And Satan cannot defeat me unless I allow it. And I learned that I battle darkness from a position of victory because of what Jesus did. It's not me. It's Jesus in me. On my own, I am nothing. But with him, I have everything I need to be successful. So this stuff was going on for um, probably six to eight months. And I just, I was afraid to go to sleep at night. And um, I didn't know what was going to happen in the night. Um, and so I, I begged God. I said, Lord, I need a promise. I need to know that I just need comfort. I need to know, have something to hang my hat on. And he gave me Psalm 91. And um, the first verse, he I, I memorized in the King James Version, so sorry. He it that, sounds good in King James. Let her read it. We'll, we'll just soak it in. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. And um, that just speaks of safety. It speaks of intimacy. It speaks of deliverance. And I just love the, the thought of being hidden in him. Um, also in um, verse 3, it talks about the perilous pestilence. That was sickness in our home. And it was just, it was terrifying me. And so God kind of took that fear and gave me this promise. And then... Verse 7, it talks about a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come nigh thee. No matter how many hosts of demons or people come against you, they can't succeed if you have made your dwelling place the Lord. And um, just the rest of it, it's all so good. It was very hard to pick verses out of here. But um, verse, verses 14, because, because I personalized this, because I have set his, my love upon God, therefore God will deliver me. God will set me on high because I have known his name. I will call upon him and God will answer me. God will be with me in trouble. God will deliver me and honor me. With long life, God will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Amen. Wow. So, friends, I hope you're writing some things down, that you're not just going, oh, this is a nice story Jody's telling us, because there was some truth there in what she had to share with us. And so uh, we do have some spots for you to write down, and they're on your outline. Um, and that first question there, ask you, how should I confront demonic forces? I know this isn't a sermon on that. We've just touched on it. But uh, we're going to let Jody help answer that question. So, Jody, when you deal with something that you believe is otherworldly, supernatural, it's not from God, it is demonic, what advice would you give our brothers and sisters here about how to confront those things? Well, as I said before, know who you are in Christ. Because Satan can be tricky, and he likes to convince you that you He's are not who you are. He's a liar. He's a That's liar. That's his native language. He wants and, to lie to us. Um, he will feed you with lies, but 
I, I would ask God for the scripture that, that will defeat him. Um, I think for some people it's, it's maybe different scriptures. I don't know. Um, but just pray about it and ask him and dig into his word. Just become saturated in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you notice one thing Jody did with Scripture. She told you, did maybe you picked up on it, that she personalized that Scripture. Uh, and I've mentioned that before, but it bears mention here as well, that God's words are His promises to us, and there is nothing wrong with you. Matter of fact, I would encourage you, and I'm about to, to pray Scripture back to God and make it personal. To say to God, God, you promised this in your Word. I need to see this in my life and even beg of him, would he do these things and make them real in your life? And use your name and say to me and for my life and call scripture back to God. And then there's that part about power in the name of Jesus. You mentioned it earlier, but when we're talking about confronting demonic forces, um, talk about that. (laughs) Well, like I said, there is no more powerful name under heaven, and I, I, I can't even fathom it, and I can't describe it very well, but because of what Jesus did on the cross, Satan is defeated. Amen. His, the demons are defeated. Um, they can torment you uh, if you allow it, but if you um, stand up to them, they have to leave in the name of Jesus. Um, but I would encourage you to not just let it go there, but to dig deeper, like I said again, into his word and get an intimacy, a relationship with Jesus. Because you don't always, you know, fear, fear is a liar. <laughs> and um, it will tell you things that sound realistic, but they're not. And it will try to convince you that, um, that God isn't going to rescue you. But he will if you call on his name. So as believers in Jesus, his name for us is not a mantra. It's not just something we say and presto, magic happens. There's a relationship there. And that leads us to our next question. And that is, what spiritual habits prepare me? What spiritual habits prepare me? Because we're all going to deal with stuff. Your stuff may not be demonic. Your stuff may be uh, opposition or relationships or troubles that we're going to talk about next. Your stuff may be uh, sickness or things that we're going to talk about in our final point. But that's life, right? Things go wrong and uh, because there's sin in the world and the world itself is broken and fallen even though God made it perfect. And so we've got to have daily habits to strengthen us and who we are in Christ that make us different. And so from Bible reading to Bible study, going more deeply and thinking about what it means, to Scripture memorization, that one or two of those passages really stand out to you and you think, I need to know this, and memorizing it, to meditating on Scripture, that when you have memorized it, or even if you're in the process of memorizing it, calling it back again and again and again, posting it all over your house, you know, putting it on your lock screen on your phone, those sort of things, anything you need to do so that that scripture, that one scripture is always before you and reminding you of God's truth because God teaches you that. Maybe journaling is right for you. Maybe singing. There's so many different ways we can employ scripture in our life. And then dedicated and focused prayer. Not just, God, get me out of this jam kind of prayer. 
but a time that you set aside and you turn off all the distractions. If you're a parent of small children, it may be when your children are asleep or it may be when they're engaged in something else. Um, And for the rest of us, it's turning off the television, turning off the electronic devices and focusing our minds affection or our minds attention and our hearts affection on Jesus in a time of prayer as we seek to develop that continual love relationship with God. So, Jody, can you talk to us a little bit? You've alluded to that already about those spiritual habits. Um, You talked about them like when you were in the midst of this darkness, but had you built this up and built these habits up over time that this was not new for you or Yes, I, I had typically done devotions every day and prayed every day, um, just throughout the day, but I really ramped it up when this ha- started happening because, um, for one, it was a comfort, and for two, I felt like my life depended on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was as necessary as oxygen, almost, to, mm. to get into his word and to discover who he is and um, just his character. Mm. I wrote down when I was thinking about this and the conversation I'd had with Jody Jody and Kurt that Jesus didn't just die to save you for someday. Jesus died to save you for every day. Jesus didn't just die to save you for someday when you're going to go to glory and you know, we get to go to heaven. Woo-hoo. That's great. But Jesus died to save you for every day. So that no matter what you're facing, whether it's an easy day or whether it's a terrible day, that Jesus is with you through everything. And that's the promise we have. And so Psalm 91, I read it in entirety. And Jody spoke about just a few of those uh, verses. But that's one that I would encourage you. Go back and read that. Think about the promises, the truths of God's word that God wants to employ in your life. So I want to move us to our second point. And our second point on your outline there is that God is with me through opposition. The first is that God is with me through darkness. But the second one is that God is with me through opposition. And uh, if you've got your copy of God's word, would you turn to Exodus 14, 14 as well? So it's right in the beginning, Genesis, Exodus. You ought to be able to find it, even if you've got a paper Bible and you're like, oh, I don't know where that's at. It's uh, Exodus 14, 14, right in the very beginning of your Bible there, the second book of the Bible. And uh, I'm going to read it for you out of my NIV. And then Jody, I know, has got it memorized, and she'll say it to you, but I want you to read it as well. And in the midst of the children of Israel coming out of captivity in Egypt and fleeing from Pharaoh and his armies. And they're in a major jam. They've got an ocean in front of them and God's got to get them across and he does on dry land. And it's a miracle that we learn about in children's Sunday school, but, and it's the truth. And look at this great one-line verse. Exodus fourteen fourteen, The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I need to let you talk about that. <laughs> All right. Well, I had mentioned earlier that we were um, with a group of people, and um, the relationships had started going south, and um, it was it was just a bad deal. Um, we did take action biblically. We sat down and tried to talk 
through it, um, but it wasn't getting any better and it wasn't going to be resolved, we didn't feel, unless some things, some change of heart took place. And so Kurt and I felt it was um, wise and necessary to distance ourselves from this group of people. And in the process of all of this, some very hurtful things were said, some very untrue things were said about me. It was kind of targeted at me. And um, I wanted to fight back. <laughs> Don't we My all? flesh wanted to rise up and say, ah, no, that's not true. And you know that's not true. But God very clearly, as I was reading my Bible one day, and crying out to him, crying out for justice, kind of, the Lord said, I will fight for you. You just need to be quiet. And that did it. I, it was hard, but I did. I stayed quiet. I didn't fight back. I said not a word. And um, that was hard to trust that God was working behind the scenes where I can't see. And um, through the process, God put his finger on some of my pride that I had been harboring. You know, a good reputation and a good name was pretty important to me. And it's a good thing to have. You don't want to be without it. But it, God reminded me that Jesus was spit upon. He was beaten. And he did nothing. And, you know, I'm in good company. And as long as my relationship between God and me is good, and as I stand before God, God and I have talked it all through, I've done what I can, um, it doesn't matter what other people say or think. Amen. As long as your relationship with God is good, it doesn't matter what other people say or think. Yeah, so we've got a question here, and that is, what does this promise mean to me? Because it's a promise in Scripture. It was given to the children of Israel, but God can apply it to your life as well by His Holy Spirit, as He did in Jody's life, that He will fight for you. You need only to be still. And Jody already said what I wrote down. Sometimes we need to lay down our pride. And sometimes we need to trust. Because, friends, it is our pride, the pride of life, that can be healthy at times, but it's our pride that gets us into fear. It's our pride that wants to defend ourselves. It's our pride that cares about what other people think. And what Jesus is saying to us is, you don't worry about what other people think. You worry about what I think. And you follow me and obey me, and you let me fight for you. We've got to have faith. We've got to know his word. We've got to rest in him. And like our friend J.L. says, we got to know that God has got this. Amen? God's got this. That he's got your back. No matter what anybody else did. That second song we sang in our main set, I love resurrecting. If you haven't paid attention to the lyrics of that, maybe you were just kind of half asleep this morning and you sang, the, the resurrection. Read those lyrics. Jesus resurrected power over death and hell and the grave. And he gives that same resurrecting power to work in our lives in every situation we face. Now, I'm getting a little excited about that. 
It's our nature to want to fight back, but God says, wait. God says, rest. God says, trust. God says, be still. You look like you had something else you were going to say there. Well, the thing about resting and just being still, sometimes when you are tempted to speak, you will just make matters worse and you will become more hurt. And um, I think it's uh, maturity to learn that you don't have to say everything that you know to be true. There's a time and a place for that. And uh, yeah. Jody's right on the money. Sometimes if we defend ourselves, we do more harm than good. That we might damage the other person. We sin ourselves and we damage the relationship. And even though the relationship might be going south, so to speak, because we trust God and because we love Him and we want to show that same love to others, we need to be still and let Him take care of those things. So the question here, your next question, is how can I walk so closely with God? Because this point says to me, this is about trusting God rather than fighting for myself. And so that is based in a relationship with Jesus that didn't just happen like that. That is a relationship that you had developed over time. And so how can somebody learn to walk so closely with God? What would you say to that, Jody? I would say you gotta wanna. (laughs) We had, in my school, I went to a Christian school, and that was one of the slogans in one of my books in Proverbs. It says, you got to want to. And um, you have to want that relationship. And I think God meets you halfway. He wants that relationship with you. And he will speak to you because Mm -hmm. he wants it. Um, But yes, digging into his word and just praying. And, And, you know, God isn't, he's okay with anger you know, as long as you are honest. And he, you know, it's better to, to be angry and talk to him than to be angry and not talk to him. Amen. Um, so, yeah, reach out to God and he will reach out to you. And s- scripture is just huge. So Jody's story reminds us again of having a daily or regular personal time with Jesus in which you're reading scripture, thinking about scripture, praying scripture and praying about the things. And I agree with her, even being angry with God. Let him know where you hurt. Let him know, rather than hollering at somebody else, it's not going to hurt anybody else. Um, I have a bad habit that when I'm in the car, I will speak critically of other people's driving. Anybody else? (laughs) And my wife reminds me that you're not helping them and you're just hurting us, really, because we're the ones that have to listen to you. Sometimes when we're in conflict with people, it's the same way. If we just get ugly with them, we're really hurting the relationship. But if we can take our hurt to Jesus and say, this is how this hurts me. I'm not going to fight with this person. I'm going to let you fight for me. It changes everything. And there's a trust dynamic there, a faith dynamic that we need to work on. But it takes time. And it all comes back to how you do that. So one more thing here to say about that. Maybe you've heard me say that and you're like, 
I've never done that before. I don't know how to spend time with Jesus daily. Talk to somebody else. Talk to somebody else who you know because you've been around them. They've got some more spiritual maturity than you. They might even be younger than you. Talk to me. Talk to Jody. But talk to somebody and say, how do you do that? And then try it out. Because like Jody said, you got to want to. you got to want to spend time with Jesus. And so maybe you might say, well, my wanna is broken. <laughs> Ask him to fix it. Ask him to help you want to. You know, kind of like any new habit, it takes time. We've got to set aside some other time habits. We've got to open up time. We've got to develop some new disciplines. If we were working on a new eating plan or a new exercise plan or you've got a new software program you've got to do at work or something or a new protocol at work, it takes time to get into those new habits, but you can do it. You've got to want to. So let's move on to our final point here. And this is that God is with me through sickness. God is with me through sickness. All of us are going to deal with sickness at one point in time because it's life. And though these bodies of ours are fearfully and wonderfully made, sometimes they break. Sometimes things go wrong and sometimes it's terribly wrong. Um, so it may not be that you've faced the demonic. It may not be that you've faced opposition in relationships and things. But all of us will have times when we face sickness. And some of those will be protracted illnesses. Something that we've got to deal with forever, whether it's something like diabetes or some uh, form of cancer. Others will be short-term inconveniences like a kidney stone or a flu or something like that. And they're not going to kill you. They just make you feel yucky for a while. But Scripture speaks to that as well. And so, actually, we've just got a few verses we want to share out of Isaiah 46. And so, um, this is where God took Jody. Uh, a lot of verses deal with these, but if you'll turn to Isaiah 46, and I'm going to let Jody narrate the key verses that he spoke to her through, and um, we'll reflect on those as need be. So Jody, uh, I know verse 3, 4, and 5 were key, so um, yes. yeah, yeah, verses 3, 4, and 5, if you'll look in your Bible and listen to Jody. All right, so um, again, I personalize this. Um, I was just really uh, going through a hard time and dealing with sickness. Um, in 2014, the stress and the fear hit, and soon after, my stomach began to hurt. And I went to the doctor. I couldn't work. I couldn't eat. And I, I went to the doctor. The doctor said, you're fine. You're healthy. Go home. You'll be fine in two weeks. I wasn't. And I went back, and he said, he did blood work, and he said, you're fine. And so fear began to descend and again, it was that palpable, it was, an, it, was, it was evil, and it was like a blanket just wrapped around me, and it was, it was awful. And um, at this point, Satan started feeding me lies. Fear is a liar. And um, he would say, you're going to die. You're not going to live. You're going to leave your children behind, and you're not, you're not going to be here to take care of them. And um, you have cancer. And it's, you're, you're done for. And um, at that point, God gave me 2 Timothy 1, 7. Mm. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that sound mind stood out to me because fear makes your mind go in channels that are so ludicrous. They are mm. just crazy. All the what ifs. Yeah. And um, so... 
that was comforting to know that God would give me a sound mind. And he kept telling me, God kept saying, hold on to me, hold on to me, and I'll get you through this. And so one day I was at the end of my rope. I was like, God, I can't, I can't do this anymore. The pain is terrible. I don't, I don't know what to do. And I opened my Bible, and for some reason God had been taking me to Isaiah. And I opened to Isaiah 46, and I started reading. And like I said in verse 3, it says, Listen to me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been upheld by me from birth, who have been carried from the womb. Even to your old age I am he, and even to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry you and deliver you. And I just busted out crying <laughs> because that was such a tremendous promise um, to know that he has held me since birth, even before I was born. Mm -hmm. And he has carried me from my mother's womb. And this was the really part yep. that stuck out to me, even to your old age. And that let me know I was going to be okay. Amen. And even to gray hairs. It was just, it was restating it. And it was just, oh, so powerful to me that day. I just was in tears. I was so relieved and excited and um, just blessed. And it goes on to say, I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and deliver you. And then it tells us who he is. In verse 5, it says, mm. To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we should be alike? Mm. And then you skip down to verse 9. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do my pleasure. It's his pleasure to comfort me and to be with me and to care for me. And then you skip down to 11b. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have, I have purposed it. I will also do it. And that, for me, it was final. It he was going to do it. He was going to do what he said, and um, he did. I went back to the doctor, and he said, oh, well, you have stomach acid problems. Just take a Prilosec, and within like a month, I was a different person. It was great, but I think God had to take me through that to rid me of the fear, and oh, it was an awful process. I can't tell you how many days I just would sit in my chair and cry and watch my little girls play on the floor because I really couldn't couldn't do much and um it was it was tough but hanging on to Jesus and asking him for a promise um it says somewhere else I can either Isaiah or Jeremiah I can't remember ask me of things to come and I will tell you and I think it pleases him when we go to him and ask him um, because he has everything. He can give us, he, his, his supply never runs dry. And that was just a comfort to me. Amen.
Well, Jody's given it by more than one example, and I've said it previously this morning, but I want to state it again just to make sure you get it. Because God is sovereign and He's in charge of all the earth, even though He wrote the Bible in specific situations to specific people then, by His Holy Spirit, He will, He will, He will apply it to your life in a way that you know it's for you. So don't think that's anything freaky or weird, or don't think that's anything that, well, just Jody gets that because she's going through this hard time with Jesus. No, anytime God can do that to you. And that's why you need to read your Bible every day to see what He's going to show up and say to you by His Holy Spirit to give you a promise, to give you hope, to give you guidance, to answer your questions. The answers will come in places you don't expect at times you don't expect when you're in God's Word with Him, spending time with Him. So we've got two application questions here. And the one is, why should I trust God? Why should I trust God? I mean, Jody, I think what you saw in Isaiah 46 is that he was sovereign, right? Mm -hmm. And he gave you a promise that what he said he would do. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know about the rest of you. I'm kind of waiting around to see, you know, how old she is before Jesus calls her home. Because she's got a promise. She might live to be like 110 or something, you know. Uh, That she's going to be old and gray. Uh, But... God promises from Genesis to maps in our Bibles. We've got his promises and we need to know his word. And there's one thing God is after in the entirety of Scripture in his redemptive relationship between him and humanity. And that's one word, faith. God desires from us what you saw and you heard Jody say again and again, that he was trying to rid her of fear, which is the opposite of faith, and give her faith. So here was a lady that walked closely with God, but had all these terrible things happen in order to strengthen and grow her faith. So your last question is to apply for you. And that's how do I need to trust him now? Because you could sit here this morning and go, well, those scriptures were pretty cool. And Jody's story, wow, she went through a lot. And it's neat that she learned those things. But unless you bring this home to yourself, you just wasted 45 minutes of your time. And I don't want you to come here wasting your time. We don't sit up here and talk about God's word for you to waste your time. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now, how is this applied to your life? What do you need to do differently? What is God trying to teach you? Get real about it right now. So, Jody, are there any parting words that you'd offer to our brothers and sisters here this morning? Yeah, I would say fall in love with Jesus. Make the conscious choice. Just in Psalm 91, it says that God honors those who purpose and choose to set their love upon him. Um, Just fall in love with Jesus. And if you are fearful, just know that you don't have to live that way. You don't. Jesus came and he conquered fear and death. And there is there is no um, first John 418 says perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment Jesus there is no more perfect love than Jesus he is the picture of perfect love and I would say dig into his word Um, the other things that I learned was worship you cannot Paul and Silas were in prison they were chained couldn't move they began to worship and the chains fell and they were free Um, surrender uh, and that's super duper hard, but because <laughs> I like to be in control, 
And the other thing I would say is allow yourself to be humbled. Mm. Um, ask God what he wants you to learn from this experience that you're going through. And um, again, ask in faith for a word from him, for a scripture from him to hang your hat on. That I would go around when I didn't feel good. I would go around the house yelling scripture to the ceiling and pumping my fist in the air and just standing on it. And once he gives you the word, you stand on it. Don't back down because if he is, and he confirmed it to me, um, I would see rainbows, which was a covenant of his promise to man. And I just, I would see rainbows where there shouldn't have been rainbows. And to me, it was just a confirmation that God was in it and that he had spoken and that he would purpose it and he would do it. Amen. And I would say, just hang on to him. Amen. Let's pray together, church. Our Father in heaven, we come before you now and we're humbled by Jody's story and what you taught her and what you long to teach us through her and through her story. And as we come to this time of invitation and respond to you, we pray, God, that we'd be obedient. That whatever it is we need to surrender to you, whatever new habit we need to begin to glorify you, that we might walk closely with Jesus, we ask that you do it in us. And Father, for the soul who needs to trust Christ as their Savior, so they can begin having a relationship like this, would you do that? with them. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.